hand clap for Gideon and Catherine and Harmony Church, great, and all your volunteers. Um, not our first time to Christchurch, our fifth time, but our, my, Jay and I, our first time here on a Sunday morning to this local church, this local house. So I rightfully took a little lolly because uh, it is my first time and uh, I'll be eating that on the plane. And uh, so this morning, while there might be some spillover from the conference, you might be here from another church congregation. This morning is not really a conference meeting while we're in this venue, while all the setup's here. This is a local church meeting for Harmony Church. And this morning, my friends, I've got a word for you. Harmony Church, we've come for you this morning. And I've got a word for you. And I'd like you to turn to the book of Isaiah and uh, chapter 54 to something that I believe will be fairly familiar to you. Um, like Josh, we're heading on a plane this afternoon and uh, we've already packed our bags and I don't have any room to take uh, my books home with me. So if you, uh, there are still a few left. If you um, have not yet got a copy of He Qualifies You, please do so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a war on the subject of America. There's a guy in America called Dr. Andrew Farley. He wrote a book called The Naked Gospel and quite a few other books. Uh, he says that this book is intelligent, challenging and important. Read it and experience the freedom of God's grace like never before. Uh, there is another Kiwi. There's plenty of Kiwis and Aussies, incidentally, in Redding, California, in Bethel Church. Um, you know Josh. There's another guy over there called Chris Gore, uh, who's part of the leadership there. And he uh, makes this book essential reading for his interns. Uh, he says that he qualifies you, is equipping believers around the world to be released into their full identity in Christ and uh, to help you understand the Bible, to help you understand who you are in Christ. If you get a hold of that, there's about 10 or 15 left or whatever. I don't want to take them home with me. So please grab them as you go. I don't have much time. So let's get into this. Isaiah 54, are you there? Sing, O barren woman. Have you heard this verse before? Sing, O barren woman. You who, up to this point, have never borne a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who have not yet been in labour, because more are the children of the desolate than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. So enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, don't hold back, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Everyone say, strengthen your stakes. Come on, I'm, that's what I'm going to be looking at today. For you will spread out to the right and left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and they will settle in desolate cities. This year, Harmony Church, for you is a year of expansion. A year of expansion, a year of stretching out, a year, if you read the amplified version of this verse, of sparing no expense. And like buildings, like a tent, like a, a construction like this, the larger a building is, the more firmly... It needs to be established in the earth. If there is a city that knows anything about that in the world, it has got to be you. There is a principle, the higher, the wider, the larger the building, the deeper and the stronger the foundations must be. And even with a tent, even with a temporary structure, it needs to have its stakes firmly in the ground. Because wind will come, storms will come, the earth will shake, and so foundations are all important. Strengthen your stakes. This is a principle as humans we understand, but it's a principle that we have borrowed, we have learnt from the plant kingdom, from the plant world. The larger a tree gets, the larger a plant, sorry, a plant gets, 
What do you say here? A plant. Oh, good. Okay. The queen will not be offended. The, uh, the, the larger a plant gets, the deeper and more established its roots need to be. Turn the page to another familiar passage. Go to Isaiah 60, just toward the end. I'm going to establish a concept and then in true Chad form, I'm going to give you three points as we go, okay? At the end of Isaiah 60, fantastic passage. You've probably got most of it highlighted in your Bible, but I'm going to read from the end of verse 21, where it says, Then will all your people be righteous. Is this for you? Okay, here you go then. They will be righteous and possess the land forever. For they are the shoot I have planted. They are the work of my hands for the display of my splendor. Here is a picture of God describing us as a plant, a shoot that I have planted. The least of you will become a thousand, the smallest, a mighty nation. I am the Lord. And in its time, I will do this swiftly. This is a shoot God has planted that has, is intended to expand and to grow. Next chapter. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. We heard this verse already this weekend. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for captives and release from darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God. He's called me to comfort those who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, gladness instead of mourning and praise instead of a spirit of despair. They, my people, will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Isn't this amazing? We see God's people described as a shoot. I have planted. Just a sapling. Just a little plant. A shoot I have planted for the display of my splendor. And in between that and the Holy Spirit ministering to my people, the Spirit of God coming upon them, in a very few verses later, we see that those shoots have become great oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord that displays his splendor. My friends, God is calling you to expand. God is calling you to grow like a tent that needs to be established firmly, similar like a plant. God is calling you to grow to oaks of righteousness. And to do that, you need to put your roots down. One last verse in Isaiah 27, Isaiah chapter 27. I'll just read this, it'll be on the screen. Verse 6 says this, Isaiah 27, 6. In days to come, Jacob will take root. Have you got it there? Come on, say, take root. And when Jacob takes root, Israel will bud and blossom and fill the whole world with fruit. Interesting concept, Chad. This one verse talks about Jacob and Israel. Now hold the phone. Aren't they the same guy? Hello? <laughs> Isn't Jacob and Israel? Why would God use two names for one guy in one verse? Here's what I want to propose to you. When God uses the word Jacob, he's talking, whenever the scripture uses the word Jacob, it's talking about the man, the individual, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the man who had 12 sons and a Technicolor Dreamcoat son and the whole musical. We know that. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's talking about the man. But when God uses the word Israel, he's talking about the 
nation that comes from that man, I want to suggest to you that if we want to be a part of a community, Israel, a whole company of people that fills the earth with fruit, then you as an individual need to take responsibility to take root. When the individual takes root, the whole community will bud and blossom and fill the earth with fruit. We all want to be part of a growing church. We all want to be part of a prospering church. We all want to be part of a church and a community that is doing well and representing God well and growing and increasing around the world that has a good reputation and is being effective. And if we want to be part of a community that is doing that, then as an individual, I need to take responsibility to put my roots down. Because when Jacob, the individual, puts down his roots, the whole company of us will fill the earth with fruit. So while I'm speaking to all of you today, I'm also speaking to each of you. While this is a word for y'all, this is a word for you, each of you. So listen up, Jacob, because I want to encourage you this morning to put your roots down. That's the concept. Can you see that? That's what we're doing. I'm going to talk about three soils into which you are to put your roots down. Because if the parable of the sower, the, the, the farmer who sowed his seed has taught us anything, it is the soil that is all important. First thing comes from Ephesians chapter 3. The first soil that we are to put our roots down. You with me, okay? Here we go. Verse 14. For this re- uh, verse 16, for time's sake. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in what? In love. Everyone say being rooted and established in love. The first thing we need to put our roots down into, my friends, is the love of the Father. The love of the Father. Listen to me. Jacob, listen. God loves you. Not God loves y'all. Well, it's true. But God loves you. And quite frankly, he can't help himself. Because in order for him to stop loving you, he'd have to cease to exist. Because the scripture says God is. There is nothing you can do to make him love you more. And there is nothing you can do that will make him love you less. Because God is love. And somewhere along the line, you just have to come to terms with that and accept that that is true. Get over it. There's nothing you can do. You're never going to stop him. Just accept the fact that God loves you. God loves you. And Romans 5 tells us that there are two main ways we know God loves us. The first is by demonstration. For while we were still sinners, God demonstrated his own love for us in this when Christ died for us. The cross is the ultimate demonstration, the great historical fact that will never change that God loves you. And if you ever have reason, you think, to doubt God loves you, remember the cross. Remember that demonstration before you ever did anything for him, before you ever even did anything against him. He loved you and he demonstrated it for all time. God loves us by demonstration. 
God also loves us, Romans 5 says, the same chapter, by impartation. Because the love of God is not just some historical fact. Romans 5 goes on to say, or says before that, it says that God's hope does not disappoint us because God pours out his love. God pours out, present tense, his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. God not only demonstrated his love for us, but he imparts his love to us by the person of the Holy Spirit. God loves you. There's a little um, musical team come out of that church in Redding, California called Jesus Culture. I don't know if you've heard of them, anyway. (laughs) But um, years ago, they were quite not that well known. They'd put out one or two albums and um, then they put out an album called We Cry Out. And it was that album that launched them globally. In fact, it wasn't even that album that launched them globally. It was one YouTube clip of one song from that album. When Kim Walker-Smith sang a song called, Oh How He Loves Us. The famous lyric, heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss and my heart turns violently inside of my chest. It had millions of hits on YouTube and the Jesus Culture crew will say that was the moment that really launched us globally. You know what's interesting is that Kim never wrote that song. In fact, heaven meeting earth like a kiss and my heart turning violently inside of my chest, those lyrics weren't written by a woman at all. They were written by a man. There was a guy called John Mark McMillan who was in a prayer meeting with his friends one day and one of his his best mate was there. And his best mate was a youth pastor. And during that prayer meeting, he said a really sort of crazy thing. He said, Lord, even if it means taking my life, I want to see a youth movement arise in this nation of America. That night, that youth pastor died in a car accident. His friends were devo, as you can understand, completely devastated. And the next morning, this guy, John Mark McMillan, wakes up in the morning, he grabs his guitar because he was a worship leader, and he starts to sing. Tears rolling down his face. He's lost his best friend, and he starts to sing. He is jealous for me. His love is like a hurricane and I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I'm unaware of these afflictions that have been eclipsed by your glory. When I realise just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. That song was written in a time of great grief when a storm of life had come. And years later... It helped to launch a whole youth movement that has touched America. Oh, how he loves us. May we never, ever grow out of the knowledge of the fact that God loves us. And not just God loves y'all, but God loves me. So I want to encourage you, Hami. Put your roots down. God loves you. Number two. Book of Colossians, chapter 2. First thing we put our roots down is the love of God. The second thing is found in Colossians. I'll read from verse something, verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him. Rooted and built up in who? Rooted and built up in Jesus as Lord. 
You see, sometimes when the tests and troubles and trials of life come, it is the love of God that will hold you strong. Like a tree hit by a car at incredible speeds, that tree will stand strong because it is rooted and grounded in God's love in the good soil. Sometimes it is the love of the Father that will cause you to stand strong. And other times it is the fact that Jesus is Lord. When testings come, when temptation comes, sometimes it's not the love of God that will keep you rooted. It is the Lordship of Christ. And Jesus identifies this when he preaches in Matthew 7. And he says, listen, there's two fellows who both build a house. One builds his house on sand and the other builds his house on a solid rock. The one who built his house on a rock is the one who hears my words and puts them into practice. In other words, it's the man that says, Jesus is Lord. What he says goes and I'm building my life on that. I'm rooting my life on the fact that Jesus is Lord and he knows what's best for me. And he knows better than me. And even sometimes if I question his instructions, I submit to the fact that he is Lord and he knows what's best. Come on, rooted and established in the fact that Jesus is Lord and I'm not. You see, I happily will obey God because I know he's my lover. And because he is my lover, he wants what is best for me. But because he is Lord, I know that he knows what is best for me. How many of you have been around long enough to know Jesus knows a little bit more than I do? Okay, Jesus is Lord. He wants what is best for me, but he knows what is best for me. And so I submit to him as Lord. I put my roots down into his lordship. Because just as the fact will never change that God is love, so this fact will never change. Jesus is Lord. That's who he is. So get used to it. Accept the fact that Jesus is Lord, continue to be rooted and established in his Lordship. So Jesus is sitting down at the Passover meal with his mates having a lamb roast just the night before he dies. And one gospel picks this up beautifully. It's a bit subtle, but bear with me. He says, one of you here is going to betray me. And it says, one by one, they say, surely not I, Lord. Peter says, surely not I, Lord. John says, surely not I, Lord. James says, surely not I, Lord. The other James says the same thing. Surely not I, Lord. Simon the Zealot says, surely not I, Lord. Thaddeus says, surely not I, Lord. Bartholomew says, surely not I, Lord. Matthew says, surely not I, Lord. Thomas says, I doubt it's ever going to be me, Lord. <laughs> One by one, they say, surely not I, Lord. And then the last guy says, surely not I, Rabbi. Who was that? Is it possible that 11 of them had a revelation of Jesus as Lord? And the one who was willing to sell him out for 30 pieces of silver was happy to stay with the fact that Jesus is a good teacher. And if I agree with him today, I'll follow him. But if I disagree with him tomorrow, I'll betray him. It doesn't really matter because after all, he's just a teacher. Jesus is Lord. And some of you here today, you've accepted him as Lord. But this verse says, stay rooted and established in him as Lord. Because with no sense of condemnation, because you're also established in God's love, some of you can sense that conviction of God on you to say, you know what? I've told you stuff, mate. I've asked things of you. And for some reason, you're resisting me. Today, deal with it. 
I'm Lord, and submit to his lordship. Because where the spirit of the Lord is Lord, there is freedom. He knows what's best for you, and he wants what's best for you. So submit to his lordship today. Last thing, and I finish with this, comes from the Psalms 92. It's on the screen. It says, the righteous, verse 12 of 92, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. What are we talking about? We're talking about flourishing plants. Almost did a rob just then. We're talking about flourishing plants, growing and flourishing trees of the Lord that become oaks of righteousness. Here's, here's another one for you. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon when they are planted, when they are rooted, when they are established. Where? In the house of the Lord. First soil, where to plant and root ourselves in, is the love of the Father. Secondly, the Lordship of Christ. And thirdly, the local church of His Holy Spirit. Planted and rooted and established in a local community. In, in your newsletter today, it describes Roman Glenda and Jay and I as people who have planted churches. And I had this idea years ago that I planted a church. And then God showed me, no, actually, Chad, you haven't planted a church, really. What you've done is you've established a garden bed. See, what a new church is, it's not necessarily a plant. Well, it is, because that's sort of what we're talking about. But what I've actually done is established a garden bed that God can plant people into. You are a plant, Jacob, individual. Get planted, get established in the local church, because then the promise is you will flourish like a palm tree. Planted in the local church. There's another word for the, for the name planted when you're talking about putting your roots down, and it's the word invest. And I don't know everyone here today. I don't know who you are. I don't know what church you're a part of, but I'm speaking to those who are part of Harmony today. If this is your local church, I want to encourage you today to put your roots down and invest. Invest your roots into this soil. Invest your roots into this place. The first thing you do is you invest your trust. Invest your heart. Please trust again. Some of you need to hear this because you've been hurt. Some of you it's just perceived, but some of you it's very real. So I won't, I won't judge either way. But some of you have been hurt by local church and hurt by leadership. God is calling you to trust again. Put your roots down and trust again in local church. I know Gideon and Catherine. And I know some of their leaders. And I can tell you right now, they are not perfect. And I, I'm keeping this to less than 25 minutes, so I don't have time to explain all of their problems. But this is what I can do. But I know enough to know that you can trust them. You can trust that they'll make mistakes. I'll guarantee you that. You can trust that they won't be perfect. I'll guarantee you that. But you can trust them because they have trust worthy and I want to encourage you if this is your church if God has called you to plant yourself here put your roots down that means investing your trust again secondly it means investing your time just being here just being here week after week even when you're not feeling that well getting here getting here five minutes early ten minutes early being at meetings being to life group being committed just investing your time invest your time because as you start not investing time you start to miss out on what the house is doing and where the house is going invest your time Invest your talent. Some of you are trained to minister to kids. You're a teacher. You're trained in kids' ministry. I want to tell you, this church needs your talent. This church needs people to serve and to use their talents in kids' ministry. Invest your talent. 
Invest your talent in media. Invest your talent in whatever creative stuff, whatever it is you can do. Invest your talent here. Invest your tongue. Speak about this church. Oh, what church do you go to? Oh, I go to that church. No, no, no. No, no, no. Invest your tongue. That is my church. Oh, I go to Gideon's church. No, 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 no. Invest your tongue here. Say, this is my church. Harmony is my church. I'm going to speak well of this place. I'm going to invest my tongue into this place. I'm going to say the same language. I'm going to say this, the good confession, the homos logos, the same word that God says over this house, I'm going to say. I'm going to say this is a year of expansion for us. I'm going to say that. I'm going to talk that talk because I'm investing my tongue here. And I'm going to invest my treasure. And boy, oh boy, it sounds like you guys are doing that. But invest my treasure because Jesus said where you put your treasure, there your heart will be. God is calling you to put your roots down into a local church. And one of the best ways you can do that is to plant yourself in the local church so that you can bud and flourish and the whole church community can bud and flourish is by putting down your roots, investing your treasure, investing your treasure. And so keep doing that. Keep sowing, keep investing, keep doing that as the first port of call, not with the scraps that you have at the end. Invest first in kingdom, invest first in the local church, invest your treasure. Put your roots down because God wants you to be part of community and God, your purpose will only be fulfilled in the context of community. I want to ask you, which of these three things has meant the most to you today? The love of God? Lord, is that what you're asking me to put my roots down into? Is it the Lordship of Christ? Or is it the local church? That's what I feel you're on today. Why don't you close your eyes, put your hands on your heart. Holy Spirit, today I put my roots down. Today I put my roots down. I acknowledge that you are love and I acknowledge that you are Lord and I acknowledge you are building a church and have called me to be a part of a garden bed. Which of these three things means the most to me today? If you say, Chad, you know what? It's the first thing, the love of God. That's what I need to put my roots in today. I want you to take a stand. And as you do, I want you to stomp your feet as a way of saying, I put my roots down. Those of you who the love of God, that's the most important thing. You ready? On the count of three, put your roots down. You ready? Love of God. One, two, three. Put your roots down. Stand up. Come and stand up. For some of you, it's the Lordship of Christ. I don't know what the deal is. I don't care. I mean, it's not none of my business. But for some of you, it's the Lordship of Christ. That's the thing that gripped your heart today. And you say, today, I'm going to make a stand. I'm going to put my roots down into your Lordship. If that's you today in the count of three, put your roots down. Are you ready? One, two, three. Put your roots down. For some of you, and I don't know who you are, and it's none of my business, but if the thing about putting your roots down in the local church, maybe it's investing your trust or your time or your talent or your treasure, one of those things you know, that's the Holy Spirit highlighting that to you today, and God's calling you to put your roots down into a local church, even if it's not this place. If that's you today, that's the thing that's meant the most to you. Why don't you stand to your feet in the can of three and put your roots down. Are you ready? One, two, three. Come on, put your roots down. Holy why don't you close your eyes? 
Rob's going to pray for us this morning. Just to release the grace to be established in his presence. Why don't you do that? Why don't you, in fact, why don't you lift your hands since we do that around here. As wonderful plantings of the Lord.